Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to Maine Golf Talk. Uh, today's guest is Casey Cox, head PGA golf professional at uh, Woodlands Golf Club and co-founder of Sports Science Solutions. Casey, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Where are you? What are you up to? Uh, hanging out at uh, home down in South Berwick, trying to, uh, trying to remain sane amongst the rest of us. So homeschooling both of our children at the moment and uh, trying to get through it. Yeah, how are the little ones dealing with everything? Uh, some better than others, you know. Um, so we've got a freshman in high school who thinks she's now in prison because we're not letting her, letting her leave the house. And then our five-year-old thinks that this is the greatest thing in the world because she's home with dad now every day. So they're handling it differently. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, man, it really is interesting uh, with everything that's going on. And, and how, how has it affected what, uh, you know, what you've been doing in preparation for your season at Woodlands and, and, uh, and then with your, you know, your sports signings? Yeah. So, um, you know, the Woodlands shut down March 15th as everything kind of started getting going. Um, and that was right as the new director of golf was coming in. So uh, things have been pretty interesting there trying to get through that transition and everything. But, uh, you know, um, you know, just like everyone else, things are sort of on hold from a golf perspective. Um, in terms of the uh, sports science solutions, it's actually uh, helped drive business a little bit. It was a lot of the stuff we do is online based anyway. Um, the, you know, everything that's going on currently is sort of forced people into that habitat anyway. So it's, it's actually uh, had people engaging a little bit more with what we're doing there. So. Yeah, it seems like I, I've seen a lot of more, a lot more on online content, obviously Instagram and, and Facebook where platforms where you see some, PGA pros too, putting out, um, you know, swing instruction and, and, uh, it seems like this time has allowed us to get more involved in, in, on that scene. Um, so what, what have you, I mean, what have you been doing as far as uh, content? Um, so we've really, um, from the sports science solutions side, we've started pumping out a lot more. We've started doing more calls with, um, people on our advisory team and things like that to, you just try to create some something for our athletes to listen to and connect with and stay tuned with. Um, so we try to mix in some, I would say, some educational and entertainment in with their normal everyday type of stuff that we send them from a, you know, nuts and bolts type of workout material, that sort of stuff. But um, and then from the Woodland standpoint, we actually just launched a, uh, a really cool online golf series for the membership. Um, so we're posting a video every day. Um, and so we've got the four golf professionals up there are all taking turns, uh, shooting videos, uh, and they send them all over to me and I've been uh, editing them up and, and throwing them up on a new YouTube page for the membership. So 
uh, that's been a really fun endeavor uh, for a lot of reasons, just learning and, and playing around with things, but the membership's really uh, connected with it as well. That's awesome. So who are the other pros at, at the Woodlands right now that you're collaborating with? Yeah, so Jan, uh, Jan Merkins, our new director of golf, he just came in from uh, Baltusrol. And, um, Not so, a bad place. No, yeah, seriously. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's got all kinds of, all kinds of good stories, but, uh, yeah, so he's new on board. So he's been throwing his hat in the ring. Um, and he's, he's done typically around 250, um, hours of teaching a year. So he's, he's busy. Uh, he's, he's had his hat in the ring. So that's been good. Uh, John Mullen, who is, um, actually now stepping into the head, head professional role at the Woodlands. Um, he's going to take that seat over. And so he's been, uh, he's been throwing a bunch of videos. Um, and then as well, uh, Paul Pimperonis, our other teaching professional there. So it's been good. Yeah. Sounds like a, a great team you have there. Um, so before we, we, you know, step more into sports science solutions and what you're doing with that, can, can we just get a little background on, you know, growing up in Maine and, um, you know, your time and connection here with Maine golf? Absolutely. Yeah. So grew up, uh, grew up in the state, um, you know, was an avid hockey player my entire life. Um, when I was 13 years old, um, I started to compete more on a national scale from a hockey standpoint. Um, and things got pretty serious there. And at that point, my mother decided that I needed uh, something other than hockey in my life as that was getting a little more serious. So she bought me a membership at the local golf course which was Sanford Country Club. And every day on her way to work, she'd drop me off. And on her way home, she'd pick me up. So I'd spend eight or nine hours a day at the golf course, just hanging out, playing around. Um, and eventually on top of, you know, growing a passion for the game, also got involved, you know, parking and gassing carts and doing, doing those sorts of things around as I was just kind of hanging out and got a job working at Sanford Country Club, worked there for uh, just over 10 years. And then uh, made my way eventually to Webb Hannett, um, got into the private sector of things a little bit, um, and then took my first job as a head professional down in Florida, moved down to Vero Beach to a club called Hawk's Nest, um, which had just been acquired by another private club in town that was going through a merger. So I went down there, spent uh, three years as the head professional there, um, and then everything sort of blossomed from the sports science side of things. And, uh, and I ended up coming back to the state of Maine um, to co-found my business, um, which I spent a lot of time on now. Um, and at that time, I reached out uh, to the Woodlands and asked them if, if I could come there and continue to, uh, continue to teach. And that's been um, now my outlet for golf, which uh, for me is amazing. I, you know, I've always said, regardless of what I do, um, outside of the golf world, I, I have an intention to always stay involved um, and always teach golf. It's, it's a lot of where my passion started and still lie. So for me, you know, my connection to the Woodlands is, is my ability to continue to, uh, to work in the golf world. And for me, that's, it's one of the most rewarding things I still get to do. Where did you, you know, first find that passion for coaching? Um, I think honestly, it came from, I had a, a really incredible mentor. He's actually now he ended up co-founding sports science solutions with me, but he was my private instructor uh, slash goalie coach as I was coming up through the hockey world. And just the way that he connected with me was um, for me, just was pretty incredible. And um, I know the effect that he had on everything that's happened in my life and everything positive I've taken from that interaction. Really, I think, helped push me down that road a little bit 
And then as I started to get into high school and started to work some hockey camps and do that sort of stuff, I think I, I sort of grew a passion for it. Um, and then certainly, you know, getting into golf instruction, um, you know, I think that started pretty slow for me because my background in golf was it, I, I lacked any sort of, um, really professional instruction as I was starting to play the game. I was just picking up a club and going and playing. So for the majority of my golfing career, it was, it was pretty much whatever I felt is what I did. So um, when I started teaching in golf, I didn't feel like I had a knowledge base to actually be doing a lot of that instruction like I did in hockey. So for me, my, I was a golf professional for a long time before I actually started teaching lessons. Um, and when I got to Florida, I got hooked up with some mentors down there and just sort of got surrounded by some incredible people. And that's when my knowledge base from a golf standpoint and biomechanics really started to take off. Um, and then that, you know, that educational background has sort of coincided with my passion for coaching. And, you know, that's what I do now. I, I, uh, I coach pretty much any type of athlete who's moving for a living and, um, that's, that's where I'm at. So let's, let's touch on biomechanics for a second, because, you know, that's a term you, you hear a lot of now in today's game. And, um, you know, we just had Mike Bender on, on a previous episode and, we brought up the golfing machine, which kind of dives into some um, some pretty in-depth stuff when it comes to how the body is working and how to how to properly swing a golf club. But um, sure, for just for for putting it into layman's terms, how would you describe biomechanics? Biomechanics are the laws of physics applied to the body. That's the that's the easiest way to understand it. Um, and I came from a physics background, so that's sort of I you know educationally. I have a lot of background there. Um, so I have that science sort of lens. Um, and then when you take the laws of physics, and, and I think for me, the interesting thing about biomechanics is it, on one hand, you have the laws of physics, which are completely, you know, they're stable. You know, we know what they are. Um, they're not changing. So from that standpoint, you have an incredibly, you know, stable set of rules to deal with. And then you have the human body, which is anything but, you know, stable and anything but the same when you start working from person to person there couldn't be more variables in the human body um, for so many different reasons so you're taking you know a set of constants and mixing them with a set of variables and trying to figure out how to make it functional um, so you know for me biomechanics is having a sound understanding of the laws of physics um, and then having also a sound understanding of kinesiology which is the way the body is designed to move so it's really a combination of a couple of different disciplines. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know biomechanics, the terms get thrown around now. Um, and I think there are a lot of biomechanical principles out there, but if you're talking about people who are actually practicing biomechanics, you're really having to look for somebody that has an understanding of both the laws of physics and the way the body works. So I think, you know, I think a lot of the uh, instruction in golf is working itself down that pathway with, you know, the TPI Institute and guys like Sasha McKenzie. And the more that people, you know, are dumping research and the more we learn from technology, you know, we sort of are able to develop some principles that everybody can start to use. And I think that's where you start to hear all the, the biomechanical principles. It's all the, you know, the offshoot of the research that's been done from the people that are you know, PhDs in this world that have, you know, provided us with a lot of new information the last five years. Yeah, I mean, obviously technology is, 
given us a lot of insight as to, to how the body's working in a golf swing. And, um, but as far as, as far as your coaching style, um, you know, are you doing a sort of an, an evaluation when you meet with a new student, uh, first starting out just to kind of get the, the parameters set? Absolutely. I, and for me, technology is a vehicle for me to be a more objective coach, right? So I'm, tr I'm really trying as a coach not to necessarily subscribe to one methodology or one set of principles, right? I love listening to everybody's different, you know, ways that they approach the golf swing. And it's all very valuable in terms of understanding um, what really I'm trying to do with an athlete is understand the way that their body works and interacts with itself. And the more I understand about that, the more educated decision I can make for them. So as a coach, I'm trying to, on one hand, learn as much complicated information I can about the biomechanics of the, what's going on with the body, right? So that's me strapping sensors on body. That's reading ground reaction forces and, and pulling together 3D systems with ground reaction models. And that, that's all great information for me, right? But none of that information is for my student, first and foremost. So none of that information is going to make them better. All of that data is for me. And as a coach, my ability to interpret that data, understand what it means for this person, and then be able to prescribe a very simple solution to them is, is what I believe technology should really be utilized for. Okay, so walk us through it. So I'm a new student. I come to Sports Science Solutions. Yep. Let's say, for example, I'm a, I'm a hockey player, and yep. I want to take my game to the next level. What's, what's kinda, what are the steps you have in place to get me there? Yeah, so you're going to come in and the first thing you're going to do is a general assessment. So we have a what we call a triplanar movement assessment, which basically is just an athletic assessment. So it takes you out of the habitat of the sport you play and just measures some really raw information about how you move as a person. Um, so that's some really baseline data for us. We use um, a scale called, called an in-body machine, which a lot of professional teams use. It gives a complete body composition. So we use electromagnetic wavelengths to actually measure all the muscle composition of the body. So we can wow. see what the density of the muscle is, where the water lies in the muscles, how much, like it gives you, I think we have somewhere around 180 different parameters that we get on the human body by taking those measurements. So we get a, we're going to take a lot of baseline data about where the body stands both at rest and then in movement. And then what we'll do is we'll put you into your environment. So if you're a golfer, you're gonna hit balls. If you're a skater, you're gonna go skate, right? You're gonna do whatever it is that you do in your environment and we'll measure you in that environment as well. So we'll take multiple assessment pieces and we'll put all of those pieces together for us to understand exactly where you're at as an athlete. Now from there, we can go wherever you wanna go, right? If you are a high school hockey player that says, I wanna play college hockey, well, okay, we have 5,000 database points in our system that says what college, you know, hockey players look like, what they move like, you know, what kind of forces they generate. So if you want to learn how to become that type of athlete, we connect the dots, right? So we can tell you exactly where you are and where you stand versus your goals. So from that standpoint, then we just start, you know, putting together the pieces. We'll give you the movement prescriptions you need to, to develop. Um, you know, we have a lot of athletes that come to us, not necessarily for, for, for performance, but for injury basis. Um, 
you know, our technology allows us to look at those movement patterns and that allows us to diagnose patterns that will create injury. So whether an athlete is currently feeling the negative effects um, of a movement or not, we can diagnose that so we can keep athletes healthier by doing so. So that's a, that's sort of where everything starts with an athlete. And then from there, again, it's where it goes is completely dependent on what that athlete needs and where they're willing to work. So it sounds, it sounds to me like it's, it's similar to TPI in the evaluation process, except you guys have a lot more technology and, and numbers backing you to kind of um, compare to. Is that, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, and in uh, TPIs, actually, um, we have a great relationship with them. I know the guys over there pretty well, um, and we've shared a lot of research. So from that standpoint, um, you know, we, we do very similar things from a process standpoint in terms of assessing athletes. Um, they have been a little more specialized in the golf world. Um, and certainly they've gotten into the pitching and the throwing mechanics and things like that. And now Greg's just sort of on his own little tangent going off and, and he's now exploring the other worlds. And I think as the fun part for us is as you start to branch out, like, you know, I came up in the golf world and these other guys have all come up and learned this technology in the golf world. Now, as we go out and start to adapt it and, and apply it to other sports, finding out how complicated the golf swing really is. <laughs> Um, relative to most of these other movements patterns where if you can coach the golf swing, you can coach pretty much any movement in sports. Um, it's, it's extremely complicated when you start looking at um, the mechanics of it and all the different variables that go into what's happening, um, which I guess speaks to why there's 5,000 different methodologies on how to swim a golf ball <laughs> properly, right? Exactly. Hey, Zach, did you hear that? We're, we're smarter than we actually think. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll keep telling everybody that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really like the, the database of information you have at your fingertips, too, and being able to compare athletes where they kind of stack up to, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, another college athlete, mid-level pro, or, or in the NHL. You know, I, I listened to some podcasts with, like, Scott Fawcett from Decade Golf, which is about, you know, stats as far as uh, a little more – strategy based you know um and he really he really harps on the comparison numbers and how important that is not just you know keeping uh you know fairways and greens but having something to compare to uh whether it's stroke gained on tour whatever it might be um something that's attainable and, and setting goals around that yep and i think we've found it to be incredibly helpful engaging athletes um, in terms of a development process. And I, and this is something I found in golf first, right? And a lot of the reason I've had success teaching golf is that I get all of my players to buy into a larger program. Um, it's not because I'm greedy and I'm trying to take more money from them. It's because I understand that a development process, I don't want people coming to me for one lesson because if somebody's really coming to me for change, I understand what the development process looks like and what it's going to take to get them there. So I can show you all of the exact steps to get you from point A to point B. Um, and so from that standpoint, I think when you can show athletes data and they know that things aren't necessarily just driven on your opinion, but on some real objective material, I think they're much quicker to buy in both monetarily and, you know, superficially, they'll start to do the work 
if they understand what the end game is. And I think some of those numbers do provide that end game for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at like golf tech and what they've been able to do with their sort of programs. And it sounds like having that plan in place and sort of laying out a step-by-step process, how to get there. Um, and I, I think I need to come down for an evaluation. Please do. I've, I've tried to encourage, and, and I've done this for multiple of the guys in the area, you know, just to come down and, and go through it yourself and just kind of figure out what's out there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that teaching with technology is necessarily for everybody. Um, you know, I think it takes a certain, you know, mentality and, and willingness to do that. Um, and not everybody likes teaching inside during the summer either. You know, I, I have a fair amount of students who really resist the, you know, the training inside type of mentality when it's 85 degrees and sunny outside. So I think it's all about understanding, you know, how to utilize the technology, when to utilize it. And I think so many people get into the technology side of things and, and they immediately try to start sharing all this information that they're getting, right? Cause you, you strap a K vest on somebody and it's going to spit out all kinds of data at you. Um, what you choose to share is really what makes the coach in you. Um, you know, it's the same thing as looking at a golfer. I remember being an early golf coach and, you know, having this idea in my mind about how the golf swing should work. And I'd watch a player make two swings and I'd immediately enter my PhD dissertation on them about what they need to do to be a more successful golfer. And it's like, that's, it's not necessarily how you should coach people. Right. Like, I mean, right. I will go a long time now watching somebody hit balls or looking at data before we start talking about change. Um, and I just think part of that patience in terms of coaching comes, you know, from understanding that process of development and, and not trying to be too eager. And I know as a young coach, that was the first thing I wanted to do was try to transmit my knowledge. I wanted to show you what I knew and how smart I could be. And it's just, that's, it's not a good way to teach people. It's, I think the ability to assess people and figure out how, you know, what their model for functionality looks like is really what I specialize in because I don't think it looks the same for two people. You know, I think we could make everybody look like a model, right? Like if you wanted to talk about the golfing machine, yeah, if I was going to build a machine to play golf, first of all, I wouldn't use the human body to do it, right? <laughs> And secondly, if I was going to use the human body, yes, we would go by very specific sets of principles, but you're assuming that this perfect human exists, right? And I know from looking at professional athletes now for a living, that even professional athletes don't function at that level. Like there's nobody who functions at that level. I mean, maybe Adam Scott, but really you don't have any tour players that are functioning the way that the book, the golfing machine would function. I think it's important to understand some of those principles so we can sort of know what ideal might look like, but then you need to be able to adapt that to the person that's in front of you. And I think that's the secret to it all. You know, I think technology is great, but without the ability to interpret the data, um, you know, I think it's really just more confusing for coaches and for players. Yeah. Casey, you just, you know, brought up a couple of really good points. You know, I, I see it all the time with students coming up here because most of my students, they just want to, you know, 
quick fix and yeah. they want a single, you know, they want some, you know, me to say something after every single shot. And it's not how it works. You know, they're not learning anything if I'm telling them, okay, hey, you did this, that, and so on. You know, as soon as they leave me, they have no idea what, what they're doing and they don't have that feedback right away. So it's almost better to, you know, hold off and not say anything for, I mean, I've gone a couple minutes without saying anything. It freaks them out, but they learn a lot more that way. It's true. And I think one of the biggest things that you can give um, any student, you know, regardless of the sport you're coaching is clarity. It's an understanding of what they're trying to accomplish. And that might be different for every athlete. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, I think working with athletes is all about connecting and, and figuring out what their success is going to be based on. I like to, I like to describe biomechanics, um, in a metaphor, like a train, right? So when things go wrong in somebody's golf swing, okay, when biomechanics break down and the body enters what we call a compensation chain, right? Where things just are really unraveling, um, it's, it's very similar to a train derailing, right? When a train goes off the tracks, things get messy real quick, right? So if you are in, if you're on a train and you're in the sixth car back, right? In the third train, the third car in the train derails, what's going to happen to you? You're going off the tracks, right? You don't have any control of that. And that's the way biomechanics works. So when you're teaching somebody Right. If we might be talking about the plane of the club or trying to adjust, you know, these, you know, pick any type of arbitrary thing coming over the top, all these different issues that we assess in golf. If that is not the cause, the root cause of what's going on, right? If the coming over the top or the coming out of posture or any one of these things is being caused by something else, that's the same thing as being in the sixth car back and having that third car derail. So if in a golf lesson, you see somebody coming over the top and we immediately go to fixing that problem, well, you can very well fix that problem, give that player a new solution. But if that car in front of them still derails, guess what's going to happen? They're still going to compensate. None of what you just worked on is going to apply. And so I think the ability to, what I tell people is get to the front of the train, learn to drive the train. Learn what it is in your system or in your body that causes all of these other negative things to occur. And if you can wrap your head around that and learn the practice, the skills that develop the control around the things that drive the train, you don't need to worry about the 500 other cars that come after it. And I think so many people are out there trying to put little fixes on all of these little different problems. And it gets really complicated for the student and they don't have the longevity and the success from actually applying the knowledge. And I think what biomechanics allows us to do is to get to the front of that train immediately. When I hook somebody up to all of our technology, I get the data that allows me to assess, okay, well, why, is the, why are these things going on, right? Not just what's going on, but why. And I think answering the question, why are these things occurring, is what really allows a player to understand what they're trying to accomplish. I think you can get much more clear and concise. I don't think you need to talk about the million different things that are going on. You help them understand why this is going to make them functional and then give them some helpful things to work on it. And then you watch all of these other things get better. Um, and that's sort of the philosophy and how I handle students. Yeah, I think, I think Butch Harmon talks about it as finding the cancer of the swing. I think I've heard him say that in some 
um, conferences before. And obviously, I, I think when he, when he was speaking to those, he, the technology wasn't quite up to date as it is now. But uh, I think the, the, the thought still applies in, in that, you know, finding as to what you're saying, why is that, why, you know, what's causing everything um, behind that one little thing to happen. Yeah. So kind of finding the cancer there. Um, so we're, we're going to go into our, our wicked fire questions real quick. Uh, cool. Uh, we got a few minutes left. So um, how about number one, your, your top five courses in Maine, Casey? Top five courses in Maine. Let's go with Sugarloaf, The Ledges, The Woodlands, Kibo, and... find a fifth course let's go sunday river i like the mountains yeah that might be the first sunday river we've we've had in there um let's see how about your your dream foursome my dream foursome would be michael jordan tiger woods and my father very cool did you hear about the new course michael's building down in florida Grove 23. Yeah. So one of the pros in town when I was there is very close with Michael. And so Michael used to come and play over at John's Island with him pretty regularly. And he actually took him. So the guy that's going to be the director of golf over there was one of the pros with J.I. He was a director of golf there. So, yeah, I, uh, I was I, I started to hear about all that stuff a few years ago before it all came to fruition. But it's it's going to be a it's going to be a place and a half. I can tell you that. Yeah. The pictures of it look pretty sweet. Um, and how about the best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice I've ever received is you're going to be a good person longer than you're going to be a good athlete. I love it. Uh, so Casey, if, if uh, any of our listeners want to get a hold of you on social media and then obviously sports science solutions, how, how do they get a hold of you there? Yeah, so you can find us Facebook um, or YouTube at Sports Science Solutions. Um, our website is sportsciencesolutions.us. Um, so that's the, that's the easiest place to find us. Um, all of our contact information is on there. You can email us at sportsciencesolutions at gmail.com. Yeah. And do you have like a sort of home base um, or facility that you're, you know, based out of? We have, we have many. Um, yeah, I think by the nature of working with a lot of different athletes, we have a lot of different locations. Um, we have a, a studio in Portland. I have my golfing studio in Falmouth. Uh, we have an all-purpose studio in Exeter, New Hampshire, and then we are building a flagship studio in Amesbury, Massachusetts right now. Awesome. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> it sounds like students have no excuse not to get a hold of you. <laughs> we, we will, by the end of next year, we will have more than a dozen locations across New England. So awesome. No excuses. Well, Casey, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. I know we, uh, we definitely got a lot of information on that. I, I guess I need to get more into, uh, physics and the science of the golf swing sounds like, so, uh, keep up with you. Well, you know where I am anytime you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find us on Instagram at Maine Golf Talk. And if you're listening on iTunes, we we really appreciate any reviews and and star ratings that you can uh, to give us for some feedback. And um, this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk.